Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Strength to Strength. Appreciate you getting up early on a Saturday morning to join us. Uh, this morning, we have join us for this bonus talk. We've got four brothers sharing about four different ministries. And as I understand it, um, they are looking for people who would be interested in serving in these ministries as well. So before we get going, let's have a word of prayer. Righteous God in heaven, most gracious one, we come before you this morning. We're so grateful to gather here in this way. We're grateful that we can call you father and that we can be your sons and daughters. We thank you that you have called individuals to serve. You've called all of us to serve um, in our different capacities and in our different ways in communities. I thank you for the brothers who are going to share here this morning about the work that they're doing in their parts of the world. I pray, Lord, that you would bless each one of them uh, with clarity of thought and that they could share in a way that would be inspiring to each one of us, would show us what you are doing um, in the hearts of man. And I pray that if it's your will, that you would touch hearts so that more workers could, could be called um, to work in your vineyard. I just pray that you would be with each one of us here this morning. May your Holy Spirit minister to our hearts and to our needs. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first brother to share this morning is Brother Leon. Uh, he's from Wisconsin, and he's working with Anabaptist Refugee Committee, which was a group that was started to address um, the needs of the Afghan refugees after what happened in Afghanistan here uh, several months ago. So, Brother Leon. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. <clears throat> As was mentioned, I'm with Ark Ministry, ARC, Anabaptist Refugee Committee, and that started in uh, September. Um, October, we kind of formed that. I guess the thing that, the reason that started was, as I saw the, um, listen to news and heard about the refugees and saw them coming across, what caught my attention was many of them were coming to Fort McCoy here in Wisconsin which is about two hours away from us. And I felt like God was speaking to him and he said, I brought these people to your backyard. What are you going to do about it? Um, and he brought a verse to my mind that has been our theme. Verse Esther 4.14 says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance to the Jews arise from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I feel like God spoke to me with that verse. And he just said, you know, what are you going to do about these refugees that are coming? And as I pondered that, I've, it really spoke to me. And that, that is a theme verse that we have used for our ministry. These people have come and their needs have been met by some government agency here in America. Many areas in the world are not that way. But here in America, there is government programs. Their needs, physical needs are met. But the question that gripped me, will they see Jesus? They did not see Jesus in the American army for 20 years over in Afghanistan. They're not going to see Jesus in Hollywood, the true Jesus. Are we going to show them Jesus? We have a E4 vision that we took from Esther 14. It's equip Anabaptists to engage with refugees, creating enduring relationships that express the love of King Jesus. Equip, engage, create enduring relationships to express the love of Jesus. Our goal has been to touch the lives of refugees and the lives of our youth by bringing them together. And that has been a blessing to us as we've worked in Fort McCoy. We've had, I think, over 100 volunteers come through there in the last couple of months. And it has been tremendous for us been encouraging to me and I want to just read a couple experiences from one of our um, volunteers he sent to me he said an Afghan man got someone to take a video of him and I doing an armed wrestling match 
he won. But then he put on a speech saying that we volunteers are the real winners because of the kindness we are showing, which is so much better than the Afghans' continuous fighting. He advised his friends in Afghanistan to try our method of love and kindness to overcome disagreements. Thought, wow, here's an Afghan man that grew up in that. And in a short time, he saw that there's a better way. Another experience, he said, tonight at our group debriefing session, one of the volunteer girls told about an Afghan, a 15-year-old Afghan girl that had shared the sad, sad story of her hopeless life in Afghanistan. She had big, ugly scars in her arms from cutting herself in desperation. She said the only reason she did not kill herself was because she was sure there has to be something better. Our team members spent quite a while listening and talking and crying with her. Please pray that this poor Afghan girl can find healing through Jesus for her battered emotions and can build up hope for her future. There are probably many more Afghans that would relate such stories if they could find someone they trust to share with. And I could read, I could spend my 15 minutes here this morning reading you stories like that, that our volunteers have sent back. I've had volunteers call me and say, this has changed my life. We never realize the needs around I feel like that has been a success. It has touched the lives of many youth. It has also touched the lives of different refugees. We have been able to make connections with refugees that have gone to other states, Virginia, Texas. They've called back, reached back to us, and we've been able to put them in contact with local church groups there. And that was one of the visions of ARC, that as these people move across the U.S., that we can connect them with Anabaptist groups. <clears throat> just give you a quick brief overview of what we were doing at Fort McCoy. There was women's centers. It was basically, it was a quiet place. The refugee ladies could come with their little children. They would sit and visit, ask questions, drink tea, um, impromptu English classes. It was a great place for our volunteer ladies to share the love of Christ with them as they had opportunity. There were children's centers. These were often quite hectic and rowdy, kind of a daycare. One 12-year-old boy told one of our volunteers in the midst of the hectic day, he said, you're so happy. Why are you happy? And it's like, wow, that shows up on the face of a volunteer in a hectic day. We had sewing centers where the ladies could come. Um, they could come. Many of these, many of them fled with the clothes on their backs and had very little. We had the sewing centers. The one center had like 50 sewing machines and we were going through about 2,400 yards of fabric a week. They could come in for about two hours a day and sew. And then they wouldn't get another turn for about a month just because the demand was so high. The soldiers actually had to man the doors a lot of the time just to, because the demand for that was so high. There was rec centers that we pretty much had the uh, control of the rec centers. Um, they were big buildings where men and the older children could come and just play. And as one of the men from the military base there said, he said, the, um, the goal of the day is to exhaust and occupy the troublemakers. And the military told us, they said, the days that you are here and have these rec centers open, there's less trouble in the barracks where the um, refugees are being held. Just, Gave them an outlet for their energy. And it also gave a chance for our volunteers to just share with them. Many times there would be questions. Many, many of our volunteers had the opportunity to pray with different of these men. And just share the love of Christ. We could not proselytize. We could not hand out literature. That was really difficult for me to accept. But we did give out cards with our ministry, with our information. And on the back of our card, we put the verse from John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. But we did not put the reference. And my goal for doing that was the Muslims are seeking peace. I believe it's what everybody in the world is seeking is peace. But they are seeking peace. Their religion does not have peace. And as they read that, they are curious and they wonder, how did you find peace? Where do you find peace? My goal was that they could find the man that said those words, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The work, in our, the work at the fort is 
coming to an end at the end of this month. The military is moving the remaining refugees out. There's not a lot left. They've been moving them out at the rate of 150 to 200 per day and resettling them across America. So that's coming to an end. What is the future for ARC? We are working on resettlement in Indiana, Goshen, Indiana. We have a group of churches. We, have, we are working with LIRS, which is one of the large, the nine large resettlement agencies. Um, this opened the door for us to, in the future, become a affiliate and to be able to resettle refugees, not just the Afghans. Um, we're running into some bumps there. We're not quite sure where that's all going. <clears throat> so pray for that work. Um, they want us to be able to resettle 10 families at least. Probably the biggest thing we're doing right now or looking at is a work here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is about two and a half hours from me, the Twin Cities. Um, we've been able to make some connections there with a young Afghan man that's actually been there for 15 years. He was a refugee himself years ago. And this has really spoken to me. Um, I would have always just kind of had just this feeling of you just, you're kind of scared of the refugee or of the Muslim people. They're violent. You, and it's because of what we see in the news. And unfortunately, I'm afraid there's many, many Anabaptist people that hold that view that Muslims are violent. They're, they're bad people. Stay away from them. A couple some two weeks ago, six of us brethren sat in this young Afghan man's apartment with him drinking tea for about two hours and just sharing. And we asked him, how can we help? How can we help your people that are coming? And he told us of a motel that the refugees are being housed in right now in Minneapolis. That's full. The motel is full. There's not housing in Minneapolis. They're struggling to place these people. And we've been able, we're making some connections there. We're planning to start some sewing and English classes for these people. The thing I find interesting, we have a direct connection into this motel that the neighborhood around there doesn't even know that these people are there. Um, from what I understand, the resettlement agencies don't even know these people are there. But God opened that door up for us. And I got chewed out by the lady in charge of that. She said, you're not supposed to be here. She said, technically, these people are not here. But I find it amazing because of the connection of this young man. I'm just going to call him Walter to save his identity. We have been able to make this connection with these people. Um, according to the lady in charge of the program, she said they're only here 20 days. But many of these people have been there over two months already, and they have no idea when they're going to find housing. So we plan to start English classes. We're renting an apartment and a house in Minneapolis. Um, hopefully February 7 will be our first classes there. We hope to offer three sessions a day for these people. We'll have to drive them, transport them about 20 minutes from the motel to where we were able to rent the facility to do this. Um, we have many questions. Where's this going? What all can we offer them? <clears throat> we're looking for TESOL certified, um, people with TESOL certification to help with this teaching. We're, and we see this as a long-term goal of, even as these refugees are there, will this open the doors for more refugees that need English? They can't get jobs. They can't get driver's license until they learn English. And so our goal is to teach them English or to, our, our our desire is to help them learn English with the end goal of showing them Jesus, the Prince of Peace. We're not sure where it's all going. Um, the building that we're renting, there where we're renting is actually a big building. It's in kind of a middle class, middle to lower class neighborhood, a very ethnic, diverse culture. Um, a lot of Middle East, Central Asia, Latino. Right along that street, there's three Islamic mosques within a couple of blocks. There's a lot of Middle East shops. And we're looking at the possibility of purchasing that building and the possibility of a coffee shop cafe in there that would be geared to reach these people. Um, 
pray for that. Pray for us as we consider that. It's a big undertaking. It's going to take a lot of funding to do that, that we don't have available at the moment. And we don't know where that's going. But our goal is, can we have a presence there where these people can come and find Jesus? Can we show them Jesus, the Prince of Peace? That many of them have lost everything. Many of them tell stories of seeing their friends and family brutally killed. They're hurting. Can we show them the Prince of Peace? Not sure what my time is. Brian told me I have 15 minutes, so I want to run over on that. Um, I'll just open it up for questions. Should, should we do questions now, Sam? Yeah, we'll do questions now. I forgot to mention that in the, at the start, at the end of each um, brother sharing, we'll open it up for questions. Uh, thank you, Brother Leon, for sharing with us about your, your ministry there. Uh, sounds like a great need and a tremendous opportunity to reach out to these people. Um, praise the Lord that you're pressing into that and calling other believers to help you out with that. Does anyone have any questions? We do have a website, arcministry.org. Um, you can sign up for a newsletter on that. Um, is there a way to get a hold of you on that? Like if someone, say if someone is on here and, and would like to talk to you about potentially yeah. volunteering and helping, is there a contact number yeah. on there or something like that? Is there a way that I can just put that website up? Here it is. Yeah, just put it on the chat there. Okay. Yeah, they can contact us through our website. Okay. Um, and they can sign up for a newsletter. Um, Arcministry.org. And we'd be glad to tell them more about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, we've been doing some presentations in different churches around to make an awareness. It is a big need, as you mentioned, and it's humbling to be a very small part of God's work here in America. The door is open, and it's it's a blessing to be able to reach out to people that are thirsty and hungry and seeking something better. It sounds like the your work with the Afghan refugees is kind of opening up opportunities that have been there all along in you know, say in Minneapolis or and things like that. That's, um, I guess there's a challenge there for all of us to find the needs that are in our communities. Amen. We don't know what it looks like. I have a vision of someday maybe seeing a church there, mm -hmm. um, conservative yeah. and Baptist church there in the middle of that diverse culture. And if we do, that's, that's why we're looking at that area there. It feels like God has led us to that particular area. Um, not just for the Afghan refugees, but just because of the diverse culture. There's a lot of Latinos. There's, there's just a lot of different cultures there. And I have a burden for this young man that I've been meeting there in Minneapolis. <clears throat> um, I feel like God has really spoken to me about him. The other night I was with him and riding around in Minneapolis. We were looking at some different buildings and things ways to reach out and just before we left i have a message on the back of my truck about jesus and he pulled up to my truck to drop me off and he looked at the message and he read it and he was quiet he said there's not many people in america like you and it gave me the opportunity to just gently quietly share a little bit of the love of jesus with him and he was just he was just quiet he just he was not resistant um i just say praise god and we just let the light shine. And, and I just, I wouldn't, if you, yeah, I would just be glad for others to just join us in prayer. Like I said, I'm going to give his name as Walter. But he wants to go back to Afghanistan. His family is back there. And this young man, find Jesus and take Jesus back to Afghanistan for his, to his people.
any questions and comments uh, before we move on here? All right. Next uh, brother to share is Daryl Whitmer. And I believe we have a video. He's in Leticia, Columbia, working with um, All Nations Bible Translations. And he has very spotty service down there. So I believe we're going to share a video of his. And if his internet is all right, he'll answer some questions after. And if he isn't able to, some of the brothers from his home congregation will be able to answer a few questions as well. So go ahead with that, uh, Brian. Good morning. May God's grace and peace be to each one on this call. Thank you for the invitation to be here. It is a joy to be able to share. I'm recording this from the southern part of Colombia in Leticia, Amazonas. My wife and I live here with our six children. We've lived in Colombia for about seven and a half years, and two and a half of those years here in the current location. Our supporting church is from Floyd, Virginia, Wills Ridge Mennonite Church, and we work with All Nations Bible Translations. Just briefly about Leticia, it is a border town with Brazil and Peru. It means that the town's culture is, is affected by that, also by the indigenous people in the surrounding communities. Also means it's multilingual with Portuguese in Brazil and Spanish in Colombia. Peru is also Spanish. It's enough different that you can recognize the Peruvian Spanish. And some of the local people say, you speak Peruvian or you speak Colombian? But it's both Spanish. Um, Peru is across the river. The Amazon River is very close to us. And Brazil is, you just drive into Brazil with no checkpoints. Um, they only close the border for elections and, and so forth. There's still other parts of the border that they don't close ever. <laughs> but Leticia uh, is important for the vision that we have. Uh, Leticia, we have interaction with indigenous people on a daily basis. And it's also a reasonably good place for foreigners. Uh, it's not uncommon to see a foreigner, and some of that is because of the tourism. And uh, so it's a good place for foreigners to gain experience in a foreign place while they still can make, uh, or it's more forgivable to make cultural mistakes than it would be in a more remote location. The vision that we have, and the vision that brought us to Colombia, was to see church planting teams get into the least reached or the more remote parts of Colombia. And now I would include Brazil in that as we live right next to Brazil and the, and the uh, we have easy access to Brazil as well. <clears throat> so that's somewhat twofold for us. One is to support teams that come to work in Colombia, help them make connections to learn Spanish and learn some of the necessary things to move around in the country and understand the, the Colombian world, Colombian culture, before they move back into a more remote area to work with a particular co uh, community or language group. Secondly, it also means that we endeavor to keep contacts alive with indigenous people that could be valuable for future, um, future works, future locations for future mission endeavors. There are, also, there are many translation needs, there are a few, but there's also church planting needs where a translation already exists or the indigenous people have lost their language, they speak Spanish, but they still think and live in a very traditional way. Our attention has been focused as, as a local work here, our family and the focus that we have has shifted somewhat to, to be 
focused on community development. Um, we hope to establish an NGO recognized by Columbia here that would be a relate to the sustainable agricultural solutions arm of All Nations Bible Translations. We see community development important here as a way to enter into other communities. And also, we would like to be able to test some ideas that could be useful and helpful for other teams working in a similar environment. <clears throat> so thinking more specifically about some opportunities that exist here and some needs that uh, may be more near term, near future, um, we would like to have uh, some young men come and be involved in our work. Also in more of a, of a long-term sense, looking for another couple, another family to work alongside of us in these endeavors. But uh, thinking about young men, as we've discussed what needs to happen here and some of the roles that could be filled, we would prefer an 18-month minimum commitment and we'd love to see that be an inspiration for long-term uh, cross-cultural work uh, mission work, but uh, one of the things as we think about community development and agricultural um, practices, one of the things we would like to do is help support the current agriculture that's already in place by, you know, whether it's a service that provides value-added products or, or a service that, such as a grain puffer, we've explored some and we would have interest in maybe somebody coming and spearheading a project like that and helping to build a grain puffer and see it implemented as a service to, to people. There's a lot of people here that grow corn and obviously you sell all grow corn at the same time and you sell the corn at the same time as all your other, uh, the other corn producers. You can't sell it for as much as if you could add value to that product and maybe save it for an off-season event uh, or time that you could sell it for more. Now, that's one example. You could use somebody to, to focus on, on something like that. Um, if you know of somebody that likes to grow things and likes to try out new ideas and likes to uh, play in the dirt and know how what kind of dirt grows good things in these parts of the world, um, definitely use somebody with that experience and talent to, to uh, pursue agricultural practices. Also, just simply running errands. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be done sometimes. Waiting in lines at banks to pay bills, um, buying parts, um, going to the airport, which is very close, but uh, sometimes we need to go to the airport to pick up people. Um, and just learning together. One of the things that have really stood out to us in Colombia is the places that still need to be reached, still need to be reached because it's complicated for various reasons. It's complicated to get there, it's complicated to stay there, it's, it's uh, maybe it involves creative access, etc. And I think that underscores the need to be more intentional with preparation and in uh, learning and cultural sensitivity to get to these places. And so that is definitely a burden on our hearts. And if there's a way we can help start that thought process for young people and we can learn together and study the Bible together and be intentional about some of those things and maybe part of, of this goal we could um, study of how to reach animistic people groups um, as a part of while we're tutoring service learn together these things just briefly um, to think about a couple more of an indefinite commitment that we're looking for um, we'd like to see savings groups get started we see that as a, another aspect of community development to reach uh, into these parts of the world um, and that needs to be spearheaded and started um, again, just, you know, focusing on agricultural practices and uh, you could potentially use 
a set of house parents to, to work with the young people who would be here. <clears throat> and uh, we have a guest house and uh, missionaries that come stay and, and uh, somebody to help manage that. And, uh, and then just discipleship and developing contacts and seeing a brotherhood get established here in this part of the world. So there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of opportunities, some um, immediate and some for people to think about investing in for, for the long run. So thank you and may God's blessings be to each one of you all. Good morning. Thank you for sharing that with us uh, via video, Brother Daryl. Are you able to hear us or communicate? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, we can see you. Excellent. All right, let's open it up for questions or comments. Daryl, I really enjoyed the birds in the background. It's zero degrees up here. It makes me want to come visit you today. <laughs> hey, can you come? Uh, thank you for, sh for sharing that. As I listen, obviously, I'm connected to your work there in, in, in Leticia. Um, so putting my, myself in the, the shoes of those who are listening, um, one question that I have for you is, <clears throat> what is, what is the purpose behind your vision to be there? Like the transcending purpose, you, you talk about community development, creative access, the difficulties of reaching, uh, the unreached there, tons of challenges logistically, obviously in the Amazon. And, uh, I've just heard crazy stories. I mean, Daryl here could tell you unbelievable stories of, of wild plane rides and boat rides and hikes of just trying to get out in these jungles and uh, do, do research. Um, so Darrow, if you want to tell us a story or two, that would be great, um, but probably don't have enough time for that this morning. But what is your transcending purpose behind your vision to be there? So the, the transcending purpose would be probably best described by saying a support role other team into the more who would have boarding churches their own support team we would be way um, back to help them get there and stay there um, hey I've heard an illustration of mission work being like somebody that goes down to down into a well for the the well holding on to the rope maybe i've wondered maybe we're halfway down there's a a uh, a uh, not a corner in this hole this left, and hoping to get the road on the to the peter brown the corner um and that's the rule that we hope to fill we also hope to uh uh, use things that we learn here to to uh, make it easier back into those places. I forget if I commented on this video that uh, hey, hey, Darryl. connections. Daryl, <clears throat> um, turn your video yeah. off. Turn your video off. Let's see if that comes through a little better. All right. <clears throat> sure. There we go. Now. Um, All right. If you could the just if you could just repeat. It, it was just breaking up a little bit too much to really catch what you were saying there. Um, your, your past several comments. So if you could just kind of repeat that and then continue on. Thank you. So the, uh, the reason why we're here and the goal that we have is to see church planting teams get into many different places of Colombia and Brazil and in the more remote areas. And there was an illustration I heard of, uh, mission work being like people that go down into a well and the senders are at the top holding onto the rope of the people that are going down into the well. If you take that illustration, maybe the well that we're working with is a shaft that has a corner in it and 
and goes back diagonally. And maybe we're helping that rope to go around that corner <laughs> partway down the well. Um, in any case, I forget if I said in the video, but there's sort of a twofold trying to keep contacts alive with local people who would fast forward, who could help, we could help fast forward the, uh, the work with a particular people group. Uh, currently I have connections with, with people like that in two or three different possibilities, one in particular for, for a possible translation need. And by me keeping those contacts alive, it makes it uh, faster and easier for a team to come and work with that particular people group. So that's the one aspect. And then the other aspect uh, is just helping uh, the, the teams um, learn, make connections that they need to be able to make uh, as far as learning language and cultural acquisition and help with logistics uh, with uh, the team that's in the Valpes. We, we have a lot of interaction with them and collaborate on different things together. And so we try to support them in what they're doing. Um, I'm just trying to think very quickly of, of stories, but uh, a lot of travel involves, I was mentioned air travel. Um, it, it tends to be air travel, um, river travel and, and walking. Uh, Matthew Morehart would probably have some more interesting stories. Um, recently, we're talking about um, a several-hour boat ride where they had to saw logs to get through. And, and the canoe, which is probably only about 12, 13 feet long, barely makes some of the curves in the little creek they were trying to get, get through. In fact, uh, there's, there's several kinds of motors one is the outboard that you'd be familiar with and then there's a, a long shaft almost looks like a weed or sticking with a little propeller at the end and the, the second one the long shaft is more common but it's too long to work in this particular creek um, you have to use uh, an outboard and very uh, very interesting um, but yeah air travel and, and air travel can be a little complicated when you don't have mechanics that keep their airplanes up to to FAA regulations. Um, we've had a couple scares there, um, but we were so far, we haven't had anything happen when we were, well, let me take that back. Uh, we did have some things happen while we were in the airplane, but, uh, but nothing where we injured. So it's been. Praise the Lord. It's a good thing to have the protection of God. Amen. Uh, um, also, I was Bryant had mentioned that uh, to make a comment about the uh, there's a recording bridging the the gap that maybe I go into a little bit more of the background explanation of of some of those those challenges of reaching to these places. Um, and I think that I think that's on YouTube. It's a video that's accessible, will be accessible from from the website here. Also, the there's connections are incredibly important. And so we hope to continue to make connections with people who who have access to places that we don't have access to. And and I think that's an important part of what we want to do. Is there anyone else make comments? All right. Thank you, Brother Daryl, for coming on. Hey, Sam. Sam, um, could I ask Daryl a question or two? Yeah, go for it. Um, so, uh, Daryl, could you tell us a little bit um, about some of the needs that are there in the, in the Amazon? Like, <clears throat> try to, you know, so you're, you're there to facilitate teams, uh, people in reaching these unreached groups. In the <clears throat> Could you tell us a little bit about how many people actually are there? Um, is there actually still today tribes that are uncontacted? Tell us, tell us a little bit about the harvest field there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Question. And it's the, the whole Amazon area is, is extremely, um, there's a, there's a very high amount of pockets of people in many different places that, uh, at first you don't realize until you you go to one place and you find out there's more people back there more people back there um but there are actually several groups of people inside reserves that uh that are protected and several groups there's probably several groups on the colombian side and many many more on the brazilian side uh i've heard numbers as high as 60 to 100 individual uh, language groups but even outside of those numbers and the known uh, spoken languages there are many many communities um, all throughout the Amazon jungle both the the uh, well it's it's the Amazon jungle but it's a different department the <clears throat> Amazon about this where uh, literally hundreds of communities that, uh, that exist, and, and many of them would be, you could say, likely candidates for, for uh, people without a church, or maybe, a, maybe they have a Catholic church back there. Um, but the, yeah, the, 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 there's many, many people in these little isolated pockets. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, one of the visions that, that you have, Daryl, and you mentioned it in your talk about community development, um, using that, you know, community development is like you were talking about savings groups, it's literacy, it's agriculture, which is actually a huge need just for someone to, you know, people to help, you know, develop better agricultural practices. Um, it could be yeah, health, it could be economics, ministry, you know, business training, et cetera. Um, and you, you were talking about that. And I, I wanted to mention here, I don't know if you were going to or not, and I'll just mention it, um, is that there is a, there's a, a conference happening here uh, in State College that you, that you will be at, Daryl, here in April, uh, that's focused just around community development practices. We have some guys coming in who've been doing it for years, um, doing some teaching um, on community development. And so if there's anyone interested, you know, in, in being part of a, co a conference like that, um, just reach out to Daryl or myself and we can, we can give you more details uh, on, on that. And like I said, Daryl will be here for that, Lord willing, as well. So. And if someone would like to talk about opportunities down there, Brian, would they contact All Nations? Sure. Yeah. All Nations uh, or Daryl. Um, okay. That'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Because he was talking about the need for young people and possibly mm -hmm. house parents, and um, yeah, absolutely. so they would go to either Daryl or All Nations or mm -hmm. you, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Good. Could also go to Elden Yoder there in uh, Wills Ridge, Virginia. I don't know if his contact could be put here on the chat. Yeah, if, if Eldon, you could just drop your, your um, phone number on here. That would be great. Uh, in, in the chat at the bottom of your, of your PC or phone there. Thank you. Again, that sounds like a, a tremendous need. So many opportunities to serve. Um, yeah, well, let's pray that people will be called to help you out there, Daryl. Okay, so moving on to the next brother, um, Brother Joe. Brother Joe is from Amherst, Massachusetts, and he's going to be sharing this morning about the cafe that he is opening there in Amherst. Um, go ahead and unmute, unmute yourself, Joe. All right. Yeah, good morning, Sam. And uh, thanks for the opportunity to, to be on here with, uh, with Strength to Strength this morning. 
and uh, and share. It's very been very interesting so far to hear the uh, the other brothers sharing. And my my name is Joe Kurtz, and I live here in in Massachusetts with my with my family. Um, and I'm going to be sharing this morning about the about the the cafe that, that we we're hoping to hoping to open in uh, in Amherst, Massachusetts. So first of all, you know, I'll talk a little bit about uh, about our church and a little bit about the what we're going to do and a little bit about the uh, about the area. So. <clears throat> I, I am part of the, the Disciples Fellowship Church, um, and we are, we are here in, in, uh, in Massachusetts. I don't know if you're familiar with the area or not, but we have main, there's, there's, a, there's two main interstates that run here. It's 90, 91 goes north and south, and, and Interstate 90 goes, goes east and west, and we're kind of we're, we're situated in the northeast quarter of that. So 91 north and south and 90, 91 goes north and south and 90 goes east and west. And we're situated right in the, right in the northeast quarter there. And so it's kind of right on the, right on the main road runs through the state there between um, about halfway between Albany, between Albany, New York and, uh, and Boston, Massachusetts. So Disciples Fellowship, we've been um, meeting together, I, I think it's about five years now, and uh, there's probably at least one, one brother on the call this morning here, Glenn Martin is on the call, I believe, he's also from, from our fellowship here, and We, we are small fellowship. We have about uh, six or, or seven families that, uh, that meet together. And we are, um, we're young, we're young families. Some of the, some of the oldest children would be in their, would be in their twenties or, or lower twenties. So yeah, a group of, a group of young, of young families here. But uh, we have we have a heart and a desire to see God's kingdom come in in this area, and maybe I'll just share my um, okay. Well, that uh, right there is is a map. If I just zoom out a little bit, you can probably see the. Actually, I gotta share my screen first, don't I? Yeah, I was gonna say we're not seeing anything there. We're not seeing anything. That probably work better. So, so right here is uh, I think you can probably see that, see that now. But um, over here to the left is is Albany, New York. And uh, to the right there is, is Boston. And right there in the middle, there's a red block. And well, that's, uh, that's the town of Amherst. And that is, that is the town in which we are, we are hoping to, we're planning to open a cafe. And uh, most of us actually live more in the, in the southern end of that, um, right in the town right beneath that. We actually live in Granby, which is the next town um, right, right below um, right below Amherst. So, um, see if I can figure out how to do this here. So, coronation. Coronation Cafe. We are hoping to open probably 
in the sometime in the in the spring of of this year, and the the uh, the definition of of coordination is the act or the act or occasion of of crowning and we wanted we wanted to we wanted to find um, a name that would be that would be christian or have have a lot of have a lot of meaning but that wouldn't be wouldn't be too too much in your face and so it means the act or occasion of crowning it's like a celebration and the <clears throat> Okay, I'm not sure what's happening there with my with my computer. Am I still sharing a screen there? No, not at the moment. Okay, okay. So so anyway, I'll I'll just go on without without that. That's okay. Um, but the the definition of coronation is an, is a is the act of crowning a king, and and the 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 message is that we have we have a king and uh and we're and we're declaring his we're declaring his kingdom and uh this this king is not this king is not a tyrant like like a lot of kings are so coronation cafe we are going to be um opening this cafe and serving planning to serve breakfast and and lunch entrees excellent coffee ethically sourced and espressos and smoothies and um, breakfast sandwiches and um, some baked items and panini sandwiches and and uh, yeah that's um, a little bit about what we what we hope to serve and um, I have to mention of course that here that Bryant is is uh, involved quite a bit there's a uh, a lot of lot of advice and a lot of input that that he is he is giving to us and a lot of guidance which we're which we're really grateful for and uh, at the current <clears throat> at the current stage that that we're at um, we are applying to the town for for permits and this is uh, kind of a drawn out process but we have we have put a down payment on a space we have leased. We have leased a space, and and we're working through the process of getting the uh, of getting the uh, the approvals from the town and uh, developing the, the floor plan and and so forth. And just a little bit more about the about the town where where it's in in Amherst. There's right right in the town of Amherst. There is three there's three colleges here. It's the University of Massachusetts, Hampshire College, and Amherst College, with the, the University of, of Massachusetts being the, the largest one. Um, all the students combined, there's about 31,000 students. And then also there's about 30,000 um, residents, about 30,000 year-round residents. And so this, the, the look, in terms of the location of the of the spot that we have leased, it's probably the. Um, it, it's very it's very strategically placed. I don't think we could find a better location. Uh, it doesn't even have any parking spots of its own. Um, it's it's going to be just just foot traffic. Uh, there is parking, but it's on the street, or you have to you have to walk a minute. And um, but I mean, if you come to visit, I'll, I'll tell you where to park. That wouldn't be a problem. We can find a place to park your your vehicle. But but in terms of our, our clients, uh, it is geared towards it is geared towards foot towards foot traffic, and uh, it's a very strategic location. Um, yeah, so a um, little bit about our little bit about our vision at at Coronation, and this is this is under somewhat under development. And uh, the website there, I think I just noticed that Bryant may have posted that up there, um, coordination.cafe. It's uh, you can go there and and 
yeah, see what see a little bit about it. It's under development. And my also my number is down there at the bottom, I believe, if you would have any uh, any interest in contacting us. Um, at Coronation Cafe, we here's our vision and and mission. At Coronation Cafe, we imagine a society where Jesus is king and there is room at the table for all. So we believe that that God God welcomes uh, all people to to come and be part of the to be part of His family and to be part of the table. There's room at the table for all. We are convinced that by sharing a welcoming space, serving nourishing entrees, and encouraging meaningful conversation, we can contribute to a more flourishing humanity. Come take your place at the table. But we believe that um, true, true human flourishing is, is coming in line with, with God's creation principles, God's embracing God's plan for, for one's life and, and uh, finding one in line with his, with his, um, yeah, with his design, really. God's design is for is for true human human flourishing. So this uh, this this area is very is very secular that we are in, and uh, lots of lots of alternate uh, lifestyle expressions. And um, you know we want to keep the vision alive of being a welcoming place for for all, and and yet having um, courage when, you know, as needed to, to, to have difficult conversations with, with people and, uh, yeah, just to, just to be the, be the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's sometimes in the, in the mundane or the seemingly small ways that, that Christ can be, that Christ can be clearly demonstrated. And, uh, Jesus is the answer for, for all of our, all of our world's woes. So yeah, you can you can pray. Please please do pray. Um, like I said, we're in the paperwork process. You can come visit. Like I said, we'll find a place to park your vehicle. We can put you up for the night. We can certainly certainly give you something to eat. Um, and if we are we are looking for 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 people to to work, um, the, probably the one of the bigger needs is we would like to find find a manager to to run it and uh, a young, a young man, maybe a young married man, um, one, somebody that, somebody that loves Jesus and loves people and loves coffee and uh, preferably in that, in that order, or at least they should like coffee, um, but preferably in, in that order right there. And um, <clears throat> I've said this a few times, but, but recently I added another line and that is that they love a challenge because this is this is a startup and I can't point to a, to a profit sheet and say, look at this. Um, it's, it's not there, but come and help create it. You know, we need, we need somebody that that is going to love a, a challenge. It's a huge learning curve. And again, I'm thankful that that uh, Bryant is, is leaning in as much as as he is with his experience at with his six years of experience at, at uh, Sower's Harvest. And so, um, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're looking for. Someone to, to come and be part of that. And also young, single young ladies to work and uh, um, a young man or two, probably as we go along, I'll certainly, certainly need that as well. And uh, even from the beginning, probably would need one. Uh, I will I will say that we have that we have about four young ladies basically who are who are committed to to be part of it from the beginning, so so that, that is a good start. But we'll be needing to looking for more as we as we go along, and uh, yeah, with that I'll I'll hand it back to to you, Sam, or maybe there's maybe there's questions anybody wanted to ask. Thank you, Joe. I can see the Kingdom Cafe vision 
as a way to set your light on a lampstand in the communities that you're in. Um, as a tremendous opportunity to live, live out your faith in service to your community. Um, it's, it's beautiful. Joe, you said that you're looking for a young young man, maybe a couple, uh, to to manage the cafe. Uh, would would John D be eligible? <laughs> John D would would bring a yeah such a light there, such a presence there, and he would just he needs to come and talk with people, you know, and and uh, no, he doesn't have to manage it. He he doesn't have to you know, yeah. mix up cookies and pour, pour coffee and make sandwiches anymore, but. Sure. Well, um, you said a young, a young couple, but you might be narrowing yourself down pretty well there. Um, I yeah, thought true. there's a brother out in Iowa city running the encounter cafe there. And he's like 70 years old and doing an excellent job. Uh, excellent job. So it, it's, uh, it can be pretty broad age range. That's still young, Brian. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that that's true. Someone that, yep, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be young. But somebody that wants to wants to lean in in that way. Yep. I had I had just a couple of other other pictures that um, somehow my sharing screen had gone away, but I could just take a moment and click through them if that'd be all right. Sure. Uh, I, would, I would share my I would share my screen again if I can if I can revive that. Here we go. So yeah, um, just a couple of pictures that there, there's a picture of, of the space as it looks now. So it's, it's empty. It's on the corner there, as you can see, those big, those big windows. Um, it does not go all the way along the, the sidewalk, only about halfway along the, the sidewalk to the right. And it was an ice cream shop for, for many years. Here's a quick sketch of the layout of the floor plan. Um, and there is a picture of the campus at the University of, of Massachusetts, the Dubois Library there on the left side. And uh, yeah, there is the, the mission and, and vision statement right there. <clears throat> Thank you, Brother Joe. Uh, God bless you as you press into that. I'm sure it comes with a lot of challenges and a lot of hurdles and um, we'll pray that you get the help you need there to be the light in this way in that community. Thank you. So thank you for sharing that with us this morning. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I've been challenged listening to these brothers share about their work where God has called them. Um, I'll definitely be, remembering these people in prayer and would ask that you do the same. Um, we can't underestimate the power of praying people. And you see the, the passion that these people have for the work that they're doing. And um, we can definitely help out, maybe not by going there and serving some of us. And if you do feel the call, by all means, um, contact these brothers and go help out if you can. But we do have the ear of the creator of all things and the one who is there with them in their works, wherever they are working. Um, and let's not underestimate the power of being able to lift these brothers and their work up in prayer and the people that are working there. And also we heard about new converts this morning, pray for the new converts. Um, they're starting out on a very arduous journey and especially in places like Iraq where serving Christ can cost them their physical lives. 
let's not forget to lift these people up in in prayer. Um, and again, if there's anyone who feels the call of God to serve in these specific areas, please contact, reach out. Um, we need more workers all over the place. And there is one challenge that I would like to leave with you before we close that has come to me is would we be able to share for 10 or 15 minutes about the work that we're doing for the kingdom in our communities? These brothers shared about the things that they're doing. I know Joe's doing his in his community, um, but this isn't a work that's going on out there. We have it happening here in our communities as well. And so I guess I'd just bring that home to each one of us. Um, would we be able to present and share the work of the kingdom that's going on in each one of our communities? Um, so God be with you all. And thank you for joining us this morning. Um, let's bow our heads. And Brother John, would you close us in a word of prayer? Brother John D. Father, we thank you this morning for your promise there in Isaiah 59, uh, verse 19. Uh, we want to read it the way it could be read. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And we praise the Lord for the testimonies we had this morning that that, that is actually happening. I thank you for all the uh, brothers and sisters that have this vision are willing to make tremendous sacrifices for these ministries. And Lord, I pray that you would fill all these ministries with your grace. We again claim that wonderful promise in 2 Corinthians 9, 8 that says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. I pray, Lord, uh, for that to happen in all four of these ministries. So bless us this day, Lord, to see our opportunities and to allow your peace to rest upon us and everyone we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. You can join us again next Saturday. We have a talk called Kingdom Reductionism and Atonement Discussion by Brother Dean Taylor. So we can uh, look forward to that. I'm sure that'll be a very uplifting, encouraging talk uh, next weekend. Thank you again for all joining us this morning. I hope that you've been uplifted and challenged and blessed to hear of these, uh, the work that God is doing elsewhere in the world. Um, they face a lot of uh, very difficult challenges in those locations, but we can, uh, we face challenges wherever we are as well. So let's pray for each other so we don't grow faint, that there are people who are um, willing to press into this work. So God bless you all and go with God today. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend.